0: This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Jay Amasi, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate it.
0: Now, I looked on your LinkedIn
1: profile, and it says you are not a fan of avocados. What? Well, here's the thing. I, I want to be a fan, Mark, because they're so healthy, but I can't get over the slimy texture. And I've tried. I've tried on all these different ways to slice avocado, try it this way or that way. It never, ever is something I can enjoy. But who knows? Uh, Maybe one day I will. But right now, I can't stand it. Well, I'll tell you. I'm with you on that, by the way. But
0: I do love avocado toast. I think that's because my wife, we use this. uh, It's called Ezekiel bread. It's no sugar, no preservatives. And she butters it. And then she puts the avocado on there. Then she puts scrambled eggs on there. And so it tastes pretty good. Um, But if if I have it without anything else, it does taste not good. So <laughs> I'm with you there. Uh, I just I just want to bring them because I happen to see it on your LinkedIn profile.
1: So who in the world are you, and what do you do for for a living? Yeah, sure. So I help corporate professionals build careers that they love, and I do that through coaching programs. So essentially, what I do is help them find their careers that are around their passions, so they can make the money they want to make doing what they love doing without having to work themselves to death. Because like, I think so many people. Have had that struggle in their careers, and I help them to find a different way to success. As a productivity
0: expert, I believe you can never be your most productive self until you're doing what you love to do,
1: where you love to do that. And I, I think that you agree with me, absolutely. Because then it's not work, right, Mark? I mean, if it, you know this idea of work, the word "work" has a stigma to it. I think, which somehow implies that it's something you don't enjoy. It's something that you got to do, and it's something that you're doing so that you can then get to your quote unquote real life. But if you can find the right type of career, then it's a part of your life and you find joy and fulfillment in it. And then as you said, Mark, you could be your most productive. So let me ask you this.
0: Um, You know, we had this thing, you probably heard about it, the COVID-19 pandemic still going on now. But even before that, I, I see a lot of people on social media in person And they're not happy. I mean, they're in a job and they're making a lot of money. They've got a lot of benefits, a lot of perks, vacations and all this other stuff, but they're not happy. And when I first started noticing this, I'm like, well, maybe they have something else going on, but I get to know them. And I'm like, why are you doing a job you don't like? Well, I'm making money and I got benefits and all this other stuff. I'm like, but you're not happy. I mean, I would rather, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this once. I would rather have you make $50,000 a year and be happy then make $50 million a year and be miserable. What do you think about that?
1: I completely agree. I think we have this idea that money will bring us happiness, that title will give us happiness, that power will bring us happiness. And over and over again, we see that it's not true. It's not true based off of what the people who get to those levels tell us, and from our own personal experiences, if you really think about it, that's not what gives you fulfillment and joy. And really, the reason is, I think, Mark, people who are saying this, they're either not challenged, they're not, they don't feel like they're being challenged every day, they don't feel like they're part of a, a community, like there's no belonging amongst the people they work with. And, you know, they're not working towards mastery. We as human beings, we find, like, I've said this to someone the other day, I said, you know, on your off time, what do you do? And they say, well, you know, I play the guitar. It's like, why do you play the guitar in your off time? When you're off, you're playing the guitar. It's challenging. You have to try and learn the song and all that, right? It's like, why wouldn't you just lay down on the couch and do nothing? You're not making money off of playing the guitar, but why do you do it? Because it's challenging, because you want to master a skill. And if you think of it in that way, then if you design your career to always challenge you in this way, you're always going to find that fulfillment and that joy in the work that you do. I've often heard that money is a magnifier. So if you're
0: poor and you're happy you'll be rich and you'll be happy but
1: if you're unhappy when you're poor money's not going to make you happy like you just said right i mean it's you know once we get back past the basic needs mark right of course we have basic needs and you know if you're someone right now where you're really struggling to pay the bills and keep a roof over your head of course you need the money for your own security for your own certainty for your family of course right but once those basic needs are met the the studies show that adding more money doesn't in any way impact your happiness level. It doesn't. It's the other things. It's the, uh, the, the things that allow you to get into flow states where you can, you know, you, what you're doing, it feels like time is flying where you're really connecting with other people. You're making an impact. That's the stuff that really has correlation to your own happiness a lot of people
0: were furloughed, like my wife was furloughed from the travel industry back in March of 2020. And I see a lot of people going, you know, I wish the government would give me money because I can't pay my bills and I can't learn and learn their skill. And I'm like, you know, libraries are still free. There's There's countless webinars and other trainings every single day. And then there's the YouTube. Okay. So if you really want to learn a new skill and you don't have the money, there's ways to do it. Tony Robbins says, I love this quote. He says, it's not a question of resources. It's a question of resourcefulness. So if you really want to learn how to code, how to build a website, how to build your email list, how to start a blog or a podcast, you can find out, but no one's going to come to your door, knock on and say, Hey, I had a dream last night that you want to start a podcast. Let me help you.
1: You know, so do you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you agree with what Tony said. I do. I do. I think it's all about perception. How do you perceive the situation that you're in? And if you perceive it as I am the victim of external circumstances and therefore I need somebody else to come and save me. And, you know, you point the finger at others and blame, then you're, you're never going to get out of the rut that you're in. And so resourcefulness, as you described that Tony Robbins uh, is alluding to, is seeing the opportunities that are there. It's fascinating how at times I talk to somebody and I simply ask them a question to get them to shift the way in which they see their experience and it opens up this whole path for them that they never even thought of of where they how they can find the opportunities, how they can build the skills like you're talking about. Really it's like, you know, people have this closed mind of what is available to them. And it's like this narrow high beam. like think of it like a spotlight coming out and it's just this short, uh, very narrow window that they can look through. And so oftentimes what, you know, what I find as a coach, what I do is I just help them to kind of open up that spotlight a bit to see other avenues that are available to them. Because to your point, there's always opportunity. It all comes down to how you respond to the circumstances that you're in. So many people
0: have said 2020 is the worst year they've ever lived and now that we're in March of 2021 I reflect back and obviously if your name is Jeff Bezos you had a pretty good year but more than Jeff Bezos a lot of people had a really good year I know a lot of people in my inner circle that crushed it in 2020 and they weren't being sleazy car, used car salesmen they really said look at here's this challenge but I'm not going to just throw in the towel they pivoted yeah everyone had a pivot last year okay and I, I think it's real easy to say you know what I'm just going to watch the news all day long or I'm just going to binge watch all my shows on Netflix all day long. Or you can do what you and I are doing. You can figure out, okay, how do we navigate through this pandemic? Because now it's no longer a pandemic. It's an endemic, which means it's going to be here forever. And, you know, you can't sit here and wait for COVID to end because even if COVID ended, there's going to be something else coming along the tracks and you got to be able to pivot. Like you said, it's all about your perception. Are you going to look at it like, "Whoa, is me, pandemic, I lost my job, you know, or are you going to say, okay, well, what do I do now? Cause I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. Uh, what can I do now? And I think people need to have that mentality
1: as opposed to one of giving up. Very true. I find that there were two different well, I don't want to say two, I don't want to get too binary, but it seems like people fall into one of two categories very often, and that was into that victim mindset or into that opportunity mindset. And those that saw opportunity also I think found a lot of growth in themselves of how resilient they really are and the flexibility that they have in their lives and their careers where they could find a way to make it work. Because uh, if you could make it work through a pandemic, you can make it work through anything. And uh, I I believe that there was a lot of a lot of growth in 2020 for many people. It was like you know when I think about like physical exercise, right? You have to you have to go to the gym and you have to stress yourself a bit in order to grow, right? You, you know, you go to the gym, you lift, up, you sit on the bench press, and it's it's not easy to lift up that weight, and then from that, your chest will actually physically grow. It gets stronger, right? And I think what 2020 was like a boot camp for many people. It was like, you know, it was like a a Navy workouts. It was crazy. It was insane. It was like the Marines. And for that reason, the people who took that that opportunity that was in front of them, they grew exponentially while others unfortunately crumbled. So yeah, I, I found 2020 to be a year of a lot of learning for me. I learned a lot in last year of how to navigate through difficult times. Hey there, it's Mark. And I want to
0: invite you to become a Mark Stuchowski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. Mm. Now, one of the things I learned about four or five years ago, I can't believe it took me that long, but I learned that the very successful, the very wealthy in our world are very big on personal development. The people who don't prioritize personal development, well, they struggle to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, to put you know food on the table, whatnot. And so I committed to at least one hour of reading seven days a week. Every day of the year, I'm trying to learn something.
1: How do you approach personal development? So I listen to audiobooks, Mark. That's my style. I'm a listener. It's my Style of learning. I have auditory learning. So I am an audiobook fanatic. I have Audible, and every morning I have a routine. And in my routine consists of listening to an audiobook as I make my coffee, as I do my bed, as I stretch. And that alone is, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of just that. Right. And then when I go to the gym, uh, I have a gym that's like eight minutes from my house, and I'll go to the gym even. During COVID, put the mask on. I'm going to the gym and I'm listening to an audiobook on the way there. I listen to audio at the gym and I listen to audio on the way back. And it's always around this theme of personal development, how I can be a better coach, how I can be a better father, how I can be a better human being. It's all about self improvement. I, I follow this, uh, this, I call it an axiom. It's a way, a statement that I genuinely believe. And that is that self improvement is constant and never ending. Mm-hmm. And that is something I did learn from Tony Robbins too. He he calls it can c a n i C-A-N-I, constant and never ending improvement. And so for me, it's not a matter of I'm trying to get to a place where I've I'm perfect because that's not going to happen. But it, I can consistently improve every single day. You know that one percent improvement. And for me, it is in audiobooks quite a bit. And also, Mark, you know the other thing I do is I surround myself with people who are uh, either you know doing what I'm doing or at the kind of same, uh, have that entrepreneurial mindset, that personal development mindset. Uh, So I constantly seek these people out and have meetings with them, masterminds, one-on-ones, so I can continue my growth because you know this, Mark, you grow much faster when you are doing it alongside others who are on a similar path.
0: Yes. And one of my favorite quotes of all time came from the late Charlie Tremendous Jones, who said, you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So make sure whether you're reading or listening to a book, it's helping you and make sure you have people who are cheering you on. You don't want Eeyores in your life. You want Winnie the Poohs or someone like me, like Tigger. I'm really hyperactive. I love helping people. But you got to be careful who you allow in your inner circle, because if you don't, well, they say you are the person you hang around the most with. So if you're hanging around people who are only watching the news or uh, be, they're on TikTok or some other social media platform all the time, that's probably what you're going to do. And so be very careful. As a matter of fact, I encourage you, listener, if you haven't taken inventory of who is in your inner circle in a while, gift yourself some time. Sit down and go, you know, who is influencing me? Because we're all being influenced by people. The question is, are they
1: influencing us positively or negatively? Very true, and Mark, you know we're we're not even conscious that we do it when we are around them. It's not a conscious thing. Yep. So you, you might th- the listener, you you might think to yourself, well, I have to be around this one person, but I'm very aware that I'm not going to let them influence me. I would challenge you a bit and to say it's not even something that you have a lot of conscious capability to push out of you, right? It's something that you're consuming, whether you want to or not, when you're around negativity, we're, we're wired as human beings genetically to mirror those that are around us. It's something that we do at an unconscious level. There's science that proves this. So when you are surrounding yourself with negative energy, whether you want to accept it or not, it is coming in, and it is going to influence you. It's no different than going to, you know ju- uh, fast food every day for breakfast lunch and dinner and having that food every day and saying to yourself well i'm not going to let it impact my health well <laughs> if you're eating it, it it's going to impact your health and the same thing if you're around that negativity whether you want to or not it's going to influence you so you're absolutely right mark taking inventory the way you described is so critical and you know not only to take inventory of the those that might be negatively in- influencing you but be Considerate of who could be a positive influence in your life. How could you make time to to connect with these people, or how can you seek them out if you don't already have them in your network? Hundred percent. For the longest time, I struggled with the word
0: meditation, and you know, I tried it, didn't work. You know, I just I, I felt like a failure. Then I came across Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, and he explained in the book that you don't have to sit in the lotus position. If you are in the shower alone in your thoughts, that's a form of meditation. Uh, When I go for my daily run, I'm a daily runner since August 29th, 2017. I've run every single day. And now more often than not, when I go running for my three miles every day, I leave the headphones behind and I'm just out there with my thoughts. It's amazing when you get quiet, when you don't think about things. How your brain can number one, settle down. And number two, you get some great ideas that are buried in your subconscious mind, but we don't get to hear them because we're always inundated with noise. What do you think about that?
1: I I think that meditation definitely has a lot of misconceptions out there. I think people who imagine, you know, sitting in the Lotus position with the orange robe somewhere in a mountain, uh, with a bald head. Like that's the only way to to, to meditate. <laughs> it's well, I got it's... that
0: part done. The bald head. I got that checked out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you know, the orange robes in the Lotus position, right? You don't need all of that to meditate. And I, I think your example is a beautiful one of going out for a run and simply being present, being present with your thoughts. And For me, for example, I've been practicing meditation for over seven years. I have never once sat in a lotus position, never once. It's not comfortable for me. I didn't grow up. I grew up right in the United States. I didn't grow up where that was a normal way to sit for my body. So I sit with my, uh, on a, my sofa in the other room and I have a pillow that's on my back and that's how I sit, just normal sitting. And so uh, I think that for people who have this misconception, I would, I would tell them, I would encourage them to really understand what are the benefits that people get from it. And if you understand that it's not just something to help you relax, because that's another misconception that's out there, it's much more, it helps you to tap into your intuition Which everyone knows is incredibly valuable to have the, the, to be able to recognize in the moment what the right decision is for yourself. That's something that happens when you meditate regularly. You can tap into that intuition. You can tap into your creativity, as you described, Mark. You can be more capable of responding. To difficult situations rather than reacting. There's a difference. When we react, we're not thinking about it. There's no space between the stimulus, whatever happened, and our reaction. It's just a reaction, right? But what meditation offers you is to create that space between the stimulus and your response. So you can take a moment to think, what is the best way to respond to this? And you can not let your emotions drive you into reacting in a way that doesn't serve you or serve those around you so if you understand the benefits then the how doesn't need to have to be this over the top crazy way to sit and meditate it is simply being quiet as you described being still and allowing what is to be there whatever they are the thoughts the sensations in your body just allowing them to be there without any judgment don't have uh, another big thing I always tell everybody, Mark, and a common misconception. Don't go into meditation with a goal that I'm trying to be the perfect meditator. I'm going to crush my meditation session today. And we in the West have this mentality, right? We're very goal driven. It's the one thing where you have to let go of goals. Instead, have an intention of what you want to get from the meditation. But then you have to let that go and allow things to be as they are. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up
0: to 30% commission just referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. I love that. And one of the things I really uh, caught my attention in Jay's book, he says he's been a monk for 13 years and it still takes him 10 to 15 minutes to get the thoughts to quiet down. So when you're trying to do a two or three minute meditation between tasks, well, that's not enough time, according to a monk for 13 years to allow the thoughts to quiet down. And the whole point of meditation is to, like you said, be present, to quiet down. But we're going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. We're on our phones and we're always doing something. Well, that's not meditating. You can't meditate for 60 seconds between a call. You you need, because we're always in a hurry. I'm like, okay, I got to hurry up and get this meditation done. No, that's, don't do the meditation then. You're already already in a wrong mindset if you're trying to hurry to get your meditation done.
1: Absolutely. And Mark, that's where it comes down to whether uh, you... Perceive meditation as something that's a priority or isn't. And if you think that it's a priority, then you don't meditate in your free time because who has that? <laughs> right. No one has free time. You make time to meditate. And I'm someone who's practiced for seven years and I don't ever sit for meditation for less than 20 minutes. It's at least 20 minutes for similar reasons as Jay Shetty said in his book. I need a full 20 to to 40 minutes to really get to that stillness and that quiet place. And every day is different. You know, some days I can get there faster and some days I got a lot on my mind, but I will sit there until I'm able to really, uh, find that stillness, that quiet place. And I got to tell you, I mean, my days are very different than what they used to be since I've adopted this practice. Very nice. So we
0: mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, you help people find careers and things they love to do. What I want to ask you is I want to get really tactical here because I have this vision that at least one person, maybe many, many more than that. But at least one person is in a situation where they don't like their career or maybe they have to transition because their job is no more. And they're listening to our conversation. They're going, "Okay, Jay, I hear you. But what is something simple I can do today? Because I want people to move the needle. I want people to gain momentum. What is something simple, if they're in the situation, they can do today to get them moving in the right direction?
1: I have something that will, I think, really help because it's something I see in almost every person I work with. When you're approaching looking for the next career, what often you would do is Go on to LinkedIn, go on to websites, see job descriptions, and what you're ultimately doing is you're working from the outside in. You're looking at what's out there and then seeing, does that match what I want to do? And so what I would encourage that one person, whoever is listening that's looking for that kind of change in their career, is to go inside out rather than outside in. Get clear on what you're about your purpose, your passion, your strengths. It doesn't have to be where it's perfectly aligned with the position that it's a certain company. Instead, know who you are, what you love doing, what you are great at, your deepest core why, and go from the inside out when looking to transition your career. I love that, and... Listener, that's
0: gold right there because I know you need a job. You're desperate, but gift yourself the opportunity to sit back and go, what do I want? Because that way you're more likely going to find a job you'd like and enjoy than just a job. So thank you for pointing it out for us, Jay. Now we're going to switch over to the part of the show where I allow you to be the temporary host of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Uh, you can't ask me questions like social security numbers or credit card numbers, but <laughs> any other question is on the table. I have been stumped a couple times. So if I don't know the answer, I will tell you, I
1: don't know the answer. So Jay, the, the microphone's yours. Well, the first question that's coming to mind, because you have a, a great background in personal development, and I would love to know, Mark, what are your favorite books? What What are the books that you would encourage anybody who's looking into personal development for themselves? Maybe the top three, what would be the top three books that you would recommend?
0: Well, I'm reading a book right now by Adam Grant called Originals, and I put off getting this book for many, many months because I'm like, I don't get it, nonconformist, what's it talking about? It is a very delightful book. I recommend Originals. I I recommend anything from Adam Grant, give and take Originals. I got his new book, Think Again. I got to read that one. My other favorite author is Cal Newport. He wrote Deep Work. He wrote Digital Minimalism, and he's got a new book called A World Without Email, which is on my stack to read as well. So instead of giving you two books, and giving you two authors. And then the third book would be The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. I read that book in February 2020. I am now a member of The 5am Club, and I can tell you has made all the differences in the world in terms of my personal and professional development.
1: Wonderful. Well, thanks for that. I read one of those. I read originals. I love that book too. Fantastic read. It was, uh, I read it maybe maybe two years ago. So it's now, you're now making me think. One thing I'm trying to do, Mark, is reread books yes. rather than keep reading new books. Yes. So that, that was a great reminder. And the other thing I was going to ask you is, you, you have, uh, it seems, a great memory and you're able to pull out quotes of, uh, uh, you know, great leaders and uh, like Tony Robbins and others. Do you have a favorite quote? Well, my favorite quote is the
0: Charlie Tremendous Jones that I alluded to, you know, in five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. I also like a a quote that was attributed to Zig Ziglar, and that says, you can have anything you want in the world if you just help enough people get what they want. And I think a lot of people, uh, I don't want you to misunderstand me, listener, are narcissistic. We're in it for ourselves. But you remember what happened on September 12th, 2001? We all came together. Now we're so far apart, left, right, Democrat, Republican. We all are divisive. And what I want people to consider is how can you help at least one person every day? Now, you don't have to like go paint their house or or build them, a, you know, garage. But, you know, what is something nice you can do for at least one person every day? If every person in the world, all 8 billion of us, did one random act of kindness every single day, this world would radically change but we we just seem like okay jay you don't agree with me so i hate your guts it w- w- doesn't get us anywhere and so i'm a big fan of trying to help other people out and what i find out what i've noticed is people who don't have the resources maybe financially they actually help more than the people who are sitting on a lot of money which i find very interesting
1: yeah well said it's it's unfortunate that we are very polarized yes and The act of kindness can be something so simple. I mean, you could send a text message to somebody today. Right now, you could send a text message just saying, I'm thinking of you. And that would mean the world to them. It could change their day. You don't realize the kind of impact that that could have on that person if you were to just send that message. Or you know what else they could do? They could actually share this episode because this episode is gold. So,
0: listener, who do you know? Who do you know that could use this episode that Jay was just so gracious enough to come on the show? go ahead and share this episode with someone because you know someone who could use this information. So there's an idea for you. So we did the work for you. All you have to do is find that friend and text the episode.
1: I love it. I love
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like to get real practical here. So Jay, thank you for being the host of the show here. Um, the final question I have for you is where can we go to find out more
1: about you and what you're doing in the world? So LinkedIn is uh, the platform that I'm on quite a bit. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Jay Abasi. That's uh, J-A-Y-A-B-B-A-S-I. Or you can go to my website, jabasi.me, And on my website, you can learn a little bit more about who I am, what I do, and how I serve. All right. Well, Jay, thank you so much for being on the show today
0: absolute delight to know that I'm not the only person that has a love-hate relationship with avocados. And you gave (laughs) us so much to think about. So thank you for being on the show.
1: Of course, Mark. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stucheski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.